वेलकम बैक टू मिड डे मैटर्स आई एम योर फ्रेंडली होस्ट दर्शन महाराज अराउंड दिस टाइम एवरी फ्राइडे आई एम वेरी हैप्पी बिकॉज आई एम हाफ वे थ्रू थ्री ओ क्लॉक आई एम हाफ वे थ्रू द लास्ट ब्रॉडकास्ट ऑफ द वीक दैट आई हैव एंड एस्पेशली हैप्पीयर बिकॉज आई एम ऑलवेज ज्वाइंट बाई एम पी पी कलीद रशीद हु इज डेप्यूटी विप फॉर ऑनटेरियो प्रोग्रेसिव कंजर्वेटिव पार्टी एंड टूडे वी आर ऑल्सो बींग ज्वाइंट बाई मिनिस्टर टॉड स्मिथ हु इज द मिनिस्टर फॉर चिल्ड्रन कम्युनिटी एंड सोशल सर्विसेज वेलकम मिनिस्टर Hi guys, happy Friday. Oh, happy! It's always happy. <laughs> Fridays are very happy. And uh, welcome, uh, Mr. Uh, Rashid. Thank you very much, Darshan and uh, Minister. Thank you so very much for uh, joining us this afternoon. My pleasure to be on your show. Right, lots of stuff flying around, and you know, I was earlier today talking about uh, the way news are presented, and uh, sometimes they are clubbed together, various disparate elements. So, as lay people who are just trying to grasp what is happening at the government level, we end up getting uh, confused. So, I'm very glad that you are here with us to uh, clear up the air on this autism issue. because a lot of uh, reporting went around there were as i have understood and i could be wrong correct me if i was which is that uh, there were some there was some back and forth on the policy now where do we stand exactly right now so there you're right there was some back and forth on the policy i think uh, the way that we uh, approached it as the new government in ontario was ensuring that all children hmm. uh, with autism were going to receive some funding Mm-hmm. Uh, what we heard loud and clear from the community, though, was that uh, there needs to be a needs-based approach. Right. Uh, autism is a very wide spectrum. There are some children who have mild autism. There are other children on the spectrum who have uh, severe autism and need more therapy and more care. And uh, so, looking at it with a cookie-cutter approach, mm. even though we were going to get everybody off the wait list and get everybody something. Hmm. Uh, the community told us loud and clear that they wanted to have a needs-based program mm-hmm. that gave those kids that had more severe autism more money to purchase more services. So we're in the process now of developing a needs-based program, and I think mm-hmm. the important thing mm-hmm. uh, to point out is that under Premier Ford mm-hmm. and under our government, mm-hmm. we have doubled the amount of funding for children with autism from three hundred million. To six hundred million dollars. So right. There's now six hundred million dollars available for families with children with autism, so they can get the services that they need. Now, I'm glad you mentioned the wait list because that was something that um, I was frankly aghast when I came to know about that. That something like eight thousand three hundred children were receiving the um, services under the previous program, and something like twenty three thousand were on a wait list. which uh, you know if you do the math is 72% failure rate and which is why i was aghast now i am not personally affected by that but uh, naturally as a canadian i have to uh, have concern for other canadians as well so how long do you think uh, it will be before we don't have a wait list yeah so that's uh, hard to tell uh, right. i know right now that more children are receiving care Mm-hmm. Uh, then we're previously receiving care. You mentioned the 8300 number. There were just over 8000 children in Ontario receiving care when we became the government and a lot of them were frozen on a wait list. Uh we can tell you because we've been updating uh, the numbers on the ministry website on the 15th of every month. There are now over 11000 children in Ontario that are receiving care. So we're starting to put uh, a dent into that wait list as uh, we await the new Ontario Autism Program. Uh, to be announced later this year. So so you know more kids are receiving care. It's 
a long process, and families were waiting a long time to receive care. The 23,000 number that you mentioned, Mm -hmm. um, not all of those people on that wait list had never received service. Many of those children had received service in the past and then went back on the wait list. So uh, we wanted to provide some clarity around the wait list. But what I can tell you right now is there's over 3,000 more children in Ontario receiving services under our government's programs than the previous we were. But pardon me for obsessing about this wait list because I have particular sensitivity to that. And I'll give you a backdrop, which is that when uh, everything is centered in one place, it can be the government, it can be the private sector, whatever. There is a real chance of forming a bottleneck there. And I'll give you an extreme example. When I grew up, I have seen a wait list for wristwatches because only the government was making wristwatches at that point in India. So I have a particular sensitivity on wait list. And in a country like Canada, I don't think we should have a wait list for uh, something as important and serious as this. which is why I'm trying to figure out it's a long-term issue, I know. And I've told uh, Mr. Rashid here several times that I don't envy anyone in the current government because of the kind of situations that uh, was handed to you when you formed government. But are we looking at uh, one mandate period when we finally don't have a wait list? Yeah, well, I hope so. And that's, that's the intent. Um, we, we had an Ontario Autism Panel uh, a number of volunteers that have been working throughout the summer. And, and these are our, our families with children with autism. They're adults uh, living with autism. There are clinicians there as well, mm-hmm. um, ABA therapists. There were speech pathologists, um, you know, just a, a wide spectrum of people from academia as well, those who are working at children's treatment centers. And they volunteered many, many days and many hours over the summer on our Ontario Autism Panel, mm-hmm. uh, helping us to design a new program. They, they were really pleased uh, when I went down one day back in July and told them that they could consider anything. As long as we were helping as many kids as we could possibly help within that now $600 million envelope, mm-hmm. uh, devising or designing a policy or de- designing recommendations that Khalid Rashid and I and our colleagues should mm-hmm. consider when we develop the new program that is going to reach as many kids as possible, be sustainable for many years to come so that families with children with autism don't have to be down on the front lawn at Queen's Park protesting again anytime soon. This has to be a sustainable program that is going to be there for families, something that Ontarians can be proud of for many, many years to come, and they know they're reaching as many kids as we possibly can. Now, here's something that uh, maybe uh, spills over into another ministry. Uh, When the previous government changed the minimum wage law and made it uh, $14 an hour from $11.40, one of the effects was that uh, the lower rate that could legally be paid to autistic people when they were employed, that exemption was uh, done away with. As a result, we know of cases where uh, people have lost their jobs because um, whoever was employing them could not uh, offer them $14 an hour. So if you make a change in that and provide an exemption again, then to whatever degree they are having an income, first of all, you are making them self-sufficient and therefore less dependent on assistance of any form. And secondly, there is the whole thing about self-esteem and purpose in life, etc., which means they are leading more productive and more uh, fulfilling lives. So do you think this is go- this is a good idea to explore right now? 
Oh, absolutely, and that's one of the mandates uh, of the ministry, is that we want to transition as many people as we can mm-hmm. off the social assistance roles, whether it be Ontario Works, Welfare, mm-hmm. or Ontario Disability Support Program, our ODSP program, mm-hmm. in, into a full-time job, because we know that that uh, allows them to live more independently, exactly. and gives them more self-worth, and a, and a real reason every day to get up and go to work. So we're taking steps. I'm in uh, Midland right now, on beautiful mm-hmm. Georgian Bay, with uh, Khalid and, and my colleague, Jill Dunlop, and we just visited a community living office, where I know that they're focused on making sure that there's opportunities for their clients to get into the workforce. We just had a great tour with a young man named Michael who's out there washing dishes at a restaurant now and, and, and is making money and uh, and is becoming more and more self-sufficient. And the more we can create those kinds of opportunities, mm-hmm. you know, working in collaboration with community organizations like Community Living and our local uh, YMCAs and United Ways and, and all those different community organizations, as well as our employers, Mm-hmm. Let them know that by hiring these individuals, they're actually getting great value for their yes. money. You know, yes. People like Michael would go in there and he would wash dishes without asking the question and uh, give the employer uh, you know, a really, really solid employee that he could count on. And there are many, many Michaels out there that uh, are available to employers to fulfill the needs that they have. Mm-hmm. Premier and I, uh, you know, when I was uh, Minister of Economic Development, Job Creation and Trade, uh, we would go out to different manufacturing facilities and other employers and they would say, look, we've got all these jobs and we can't fill them right now. Right. And there are a lot of people currently on social assistance. There's 1.1 million of them relying on social assistance in Ontario, many of whom uh, could go out and get a job if we made the transition easier for them. Actually, I have a friend who works in that field. She works with autistic children, and she told me the same thing. She said, you know, once you see an autistic person of whatever age, you know, as long as they are of a working age, you see them working and she works with uh, teenage children as well and they are working in a volunteer capacity or wherever possible and she said that you see them working seeing one such person working is enough to dispel all your doubts about their commitment and productivity now, well, that's right and <laughs> and uh, and then we had a chance to meet with uh, rena and i'm sure many of your listeners would know uh, the organization Rena uh, in North York, and uh, and we heard from them months ago, and they were telling us uh, about a program that they have with uh, the superintendents at local golf courses, and uh, they hire um, you know young adults with autism uh, to be greenskeepers and to repair ball marks, and and they're getting tremendous tremendous service uh, from these young people with autism in making sure that their greens and their tee blocks and their fairways are pristine and uh, and they're very very satisfied and 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 they know they're going to be able to expand that program to many other golf courses in the region so that's just one example there are many many other examples out there uh how these uh that show that how these individuals uh if given the opportunity uh can become self-sufficient and uh and independent and and provide uh tremendous value to employers now, talking about the nuts and bolts of this, let us say someone has an autistic child and this is the first time they are approaching for any kind of assistance. How, how do they go about it? Well, um, there are a number of different uh, diagnostic hubs in mm-hmm. the area, mm-hmm. uh, and this will be all part of uh, the development of our new Ontario Autism Program. Mm-hmm. Um, communication has to get better so that families know where they can get the services uh, when they need those services. Uh, quite often what happens is when uh, a young child at uh, three, four, or five years old is diagnosed with autism, the family can sometimes go into a period of mourning 
where they don't know where to turn. They right. don't know where to get services. And uh, what we're trying to do is create a more seamless program from the individual that, um, you know, hands the family that diagnosis to ensuring that there is a seamless transition into receiving services. Uh, so, so if anyone has any questions, they can go to the Ministry of Children, Community and Social Services under the Autism tab and all the information that they need is there. Uh, and there are many other uh, diagnostic uh, hubs and, and service providers uh, throughout the region, particularly in Peel, and, uh, and they can get information from those individual service providers as well. When it comes to choosing the service provider, you are saying that uh, the family or the parents have a choice of where to go. Am I right in understanding that? Um, yes, they do. Yes, they do. Um, and, and again, the new program will be rolled out uh, later this year or early uh, 2020. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Ontario Autism Panel that worked throughout the summer tirelessly to get us uh, uh, the recommendations that we will be considering uh, we'll have a lot of a lot for us to consider when we actually get them handed to us. So we'll be making decisions on how uh, the process rolls out. Right now, there are two ways to go about it. There's a direct service option, and there's a direct finance or direct funding option, uh, where the check comes directly to the parents and they seek out whatever services that they need. Um, there's the other direct service option, where the funding goes to the particular hub and. The case of those in Toronto, it could be Holland Bloorview or Aaron Oaks or those types of facilities, and they could provide the services in those types of institutions as well. Now, any policy is, uh, of course, uh, you know, it, it, it's made better by periodic reviews, which means you were uh, looking for feedback. What is the mechanism? This is an important exercise that, that you are making. There was a huge gap in delivering of uh, uh, very important service. So naturally, you would have uh, some kind of a feedback mechanism, which can then help you to revisit the policy and improve it as you go along. What is that uh, feedback mechanism? Yeah, we, we've had an extensive uh, process that's been going on throughout the summer where uh, I, as the minister, have been traveling from Ottawa to Kenora in northwestern Ontario and down into southwestern Ontario. I uh, have had many meetings uh, across the GTA. At the same time, uh, a lot of my colleagues, including uh, I'm sure those in the Peel region, have had roundtables where they've had uh, members of the autism community and, and others uh, commenting at roundtables and uh, surveys on how they believe that um, you know we should be approaching a new autism program in Ontario. The one thing that we heard loud and clear was that that program does have to be a needs-based program, that this one-size-fits-all program isn't going to be effective and it's not going to meet the needs of those families with children with more severe autism. So that's why we're moving to a needs-based program and uh, we'll have more details on how uh, that looks a little bit later on uh, this year and, and roll out the new program in its entirety in 2020. So there's been a lot of conversations that have gone on, uh, gone on over the last uh, uh, several months and I think people are now anxious to see what the new program is going to look like and we're going to make sure that we take the time over the next uh, several weeks and months just to make sure that we get this right once and for all. Thank you so much, Minister. Thank you for joining us and giving this uh, valuable information. I'm sure it was very useful for our listeners. Thank you once again. That's great. Anything for my good friend Khalid Rashid. <laughs> thank you so much, <laughs> yeah, Minister. I really appreciate that. Uh, yeah, he's okay. my good friend too. Uh, thank you. <laughs>
Take care, guys. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. You, you as well, too. Thank you, you too. Okay. That was Minister Todd Smith, who is the Minister of Children, Community and Social Services. We'll continue this conversation with uh, MPP Khalid Rashid on the other side of this break on other stuff that is going on at Queen's Park, can I say? Yeah, at Queen's <laughs> Park. Stay tuned. <laughs>